With the world becoming increasingly unpredictable when it comes to your family's health, proactivity is key. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit contains eight essential medications like ivermectin, amoxicillin, and z Rest easy knowing that their chief medical team, including Dr. Peter McCullough, stand behind every kit. Visit twc.health slash Prager. Use the promo code Prager for an exclusive 10% discount. Don't take chances. Secure your family's health today with The Wellness Company. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody, and a happy fifth to you, because I didn't get a chance to wish you a happy fourth, so you should at least have a happy fifth. A lot of debate in the country on whether it should even be celebrated, because there are so many Americans who are ashamed of this country. They're all sick. They're all stupid. I forget sick. I, I retract that. They're stupid. They may not be stupid in every arena. People are complex, but they're stupid. And there's nothing you can do. There's an old Yiddish saying, it's better to lose to a wise man than defeat a fool. Because the fool comes back. The fool learns nothing. If you don't understand that this country has been the best that was ever developed with all the bad things that happened... Because the simple reason is all the bad things were universal, but all the good things were essentially unique. Everybody, every nation, every group, every ethnicity, every race had slaves. But one country was a beacon of liberty to the world. It was this country. Gradually, it is no longer this country. That's another issue. So the question arose, it was asked to me in my fireside chat, my weekly fireside chat for PragerU. The question was raised, because people send in questions, usually young people, and the question was, so what do I do? Do I, you know, so many bad things are happening in America today, what do I do with regard to the flag and honoring it and July 4th generally. And the answer is the flag represents these wonderful values. So, of course, you honor the flag. That's easy. That's an easy question. Honoring the flag despite what is being done to the country. The left understands that because they now see the flag as basically the symbol of, of conservatives. Did you see that? Did you read that? I, it's, oh, yeah, you said it to me. <laughs> I guess you did read it. <laughs> uh, but I, I didn't have to read it to know that. That's what they think. Of course it's what they think. But it's a little phony because I don't remember any time when the left, I'm not talking about liberals, I always make that distinction, literally always, every single day I do. Liberals would put out the flag, but leftists never put out the flag. 
How many leftists put out the flag on July 4th? Let's put it this way. More leftists put out the pride flag than the American flag in the last month. Is that fair to say? Joe Biden put the pride flag on the White House. The bad dude. The bad man. If one wanted to destroy America, there is nothing that one would do that Joe Biden has not done. That's about as clear as I could put it. So there should be no ambiguity, or I should say no ambivalence, about what to do. You, you honor the flag, you honor the founding, you honor the founders. That's all correct. Because those are the greatest values ever made. A 40-something-year-old Portuguese man who discovered me and then PragerU, but in his case, well, no, in his case both, but it came through me. So he wrote, and my wife saw it, and it's been a remarkable thing. He read, and if you want to make a, a good resolution for this new year, the new American year starting yesterday, July 4th, you could almost say is the first day of the American year, read my book, Still the Best Hope. I rarely mention it. I have not written anything more important, even my Bible commentary. It explains American values, left-wing values, and Islamist values. It explains what is going on in the world. It's a work, a labor of love. It was a very hard book to write, but it's made so clear because clarity is my duty. As I say, I work hard so that the reader doesn't. It's called Still the Best Hope, Why American Values Should Prevail. And do you know why the world needs American values to prevail? The the book is actually more relevant today than when I wrote it. I don't remember when I wrote it, 2000-something, about 15 years ago. There's nothing I would change, nothing. I might have more contemporary examples to provide, but that would be it. The book is completely relevant. That is what America and the world needs, American values. E pluribus unum, in God we trust, and liberty. No other country had that trinity, as I've called it, the American trinity, and that is what the left hates. It hates e pluribus unum, and it hates liberty, and it hates in God we trust. It's American values versus left-wing values. That's the way it works. That's the battle in which we find ourselves. So, of course, you should have put out the flag, and, of course, you should have celebrated July 4th perhaps more intensely than ever. You want to look this up at the Rose Bowl. I live near the Rose Bowl. Uh, here in Southern California. I don't think they had fireworks. It'd be interesting to find out why. Uh, They had a drone uh, 
exhibit or, or whatever you would call it. I wonder why why that would happen. On a personal note, I had a wonderful time. It was a, fir- it was a first that I went to my younger son, and so did my older son. Usually, we meet at my older son's home in Florida. We went all to Pennsylvania here with his kids, and it was a, it was a, few, a very beautiful weekend that I was blessed to have. You know how often I think about those who are not similarly blessed, who have kids who don't talk to them, for example? It is so common now. The poison of leftism is is one of the reasons. It's the biggest single reason. The biggest single reason. Does anybody know of a conservative child who doesn't speak to a left-wing parent it might exist but I, I I've never heard of it imagine somebody saying I don't speak to my father because he voted for Joe Biden <laughs> I think right we would think the guy had lost his mind right But I don't speak to my father because he voted for Donald Trump. Oh, my God, of course. That goes without saying. I did something, my friends. I I got it into me. Everybody, I think, has this. (laughs) Where you do something difficult because you finally decided, I'm in the mood to do this. I don't know, clean a closet, let's say, right? That's why we say, if you get into the mood, do it. Because the mood is going to leave you. <laughs> it's unpleasant, but do it. I had that, but not with a closet. <laughs> I had that with the 39 professors at Arizona State University who wrote an open letter to the president or the, the dean of the university uh, that it, uh, protesting that I and Charlie Kirk were there to speak one evening, and how uh, it, uh, it how could we possibly have at ASU uh, uh, white nationalists like Dennis Prager and Charlie Kirk, a white nationalist? Thirty. I think it's 39 out of 47 professors of Barrett College, it's an honors college at ASU, signed the letter. Do you know what I did yesterday? I researched every single one of the 39 professors. <laughs> it was, it was a, basically a day-long project. What I have come up with will fascinate you. When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, 
You'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now and type in Dennis Prager under podcast when you sign up. Spelled Bambee.com, Bambi.com, type in Dennis Prager. So these 39 professors at ASU wrote a letter and it became notorious because the Wall Street Journal published the uh, op-ed and it was the lead op-ed two weeks ago. A woman lost her job uh, because she invited uh, Charlie and me. So I actually researched every one of the 39 professors. So you realize if I devoted, let's say, just three minutes to each professor, that was two hours. <laughs> and uh, there were times when I devoted more. Anyway, it was a project. So I just want I want to give you, over the course of the show, I'm going to give you a, a summary of some of these people. Lisa Barca is an associate teaching professor and a Barrett, Barrett is the name of the special college of Honors College at ASU, Arizona State, and a Barrett Honors Faculty Fellow at Arizona State. You're going to love this. You ready? She's one of those who signed the petition. I shouldn't speak there. Barca's, this is from, this is not my writing. This is from ASU's description. All of this is official ASU descriptions of these professors. Barca's area of expertise includes animal studies. Yeah, I knew you'd love that. Environmental rhetoric and sustainability. What is environmental rhetoric, you ask? Oh, it's depressing that he doesn't know what environmental rhetoric is. It's, it's when the environment speaks to you. Yes. Yeah. Like listening to trees or something? That, I, I don't Listening to trees. When the clouds make formations that are intelligible. So, okay, so let's see. Animal studies and environmental... No, no, I'm not done. Environmental rhetoric and sustainability and feminism and gender studies. Somehow it makes sense that she did not want me to speak there. She's a real renaissance. A renaissance person, yes. Her recent research... Are you ready? It, it was worth it for Lisa Barca. I have the whole time I spent was worth it for her. Her recent research again. This is the ASU official site on the professors, on all of their professors. Her recent research uses an eco-feminist approach. Now you might now look. Wait a minute. If She's an environmental rhetoric and eco-feminist approach. I don't, I don't know what that means. To the intersections 
of speciesism and other forms of discrimination such as sexism. The intersections, so she has an eco-feminist approach to the intersections of speciesism and other forms of discrimination. Do you all know what speciesism is? Speciesism was developed by, uh, what's his name? The guy in Australia, uh, the animal liberation man. What, what was his name again? Anyway, many years ago he developed it. And speciesism means discrimination on the basis of species. So if you eat an animal, you're obviously discriminating because you don't eat people. Hmm. Peter Singer. Peter Singer. Thank you. That is right. That's correct. So she was one of those who who signed it. Here's a charmer one. Here's a charming one. This one is as good as the other one. Dagmar Van Engen, a professor at ASU. The description of Dagmar Van Engen uses the pronoun they. So we have a non-binary professor who signed the petition against my coming. Another current project argues that transness... Have you ever heard of transness? There's a, like, it's like a word a week on the left. Transness is central to queer and feminist science fiction history. That's their current project. You didn't follow that? That transness is central to queer and feminist science fiction history. Do you realize Dagmar, he or she should be one of the most grateful people on earth to make a living from that is only possible in academia and only possible, well, I won't say only possible in America, it it might be true for other academic institutions in other countries, but it's very true here. Now, you ready to know what Dagmar Van Engen, the professor who signed the petition against my coming, has written? How to F a Kraken, except the F word is used. How to F word a Kraken. Cephalopod sexualities and non-binary genders in ebook erotica. Back in a moment. Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. What sets these companies apart and whom can you really trust? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. My choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer that protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins, claiming they appreciate 
negotiate more than gold and silver? What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed always have your back. I trust this man. That's why I mentioned him by name. Nick's been in this industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build trusted relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. You gotta give me a little loving, give me a little loving, ow, if you want all up to My friends, Dennis Prager here. So as many of you know, and if you subscribe to PragerTopia, you get the exact same articles I get from my producer. They're worth it, not only because they're terrific uh, choices of subject, but because of his pithy comments. The pithy comments are worth the price of PragerTopia. So he sent, his, his number one send was a New York Times piece, which I read, No sparklers for these folks, whether because of crowds, politics, or loss of patriotism, some Americans are conflicted about celebrating the 4th of July, but I'm only mentioning that because I already talked about that in brief because of his pithy summary. No July 4th weekend would be complete without New York Times trashing America. He actually, if you, I, I read the article, you read the article, somebody did call, was it, a, was it a congressperson who said America's trash? Yeah. Trash? Yeah. Who was it? Corey Bush. It was, it, it, Corey Bush? Yeah, she's a congressman from St. Louis. Congresswoman from St. Louis. She tweeted it, yeah. She called America trash. This is another person who only God knows how she would have made an income, either politics or academia, enable the fool to make a living and even have prestige. America is trash. Wow. Hmm. For how long will the the left, black or white, go on with the racist theme? The answer is as long as it wins politically. But it's not just political. There are many people who, who have a vested interest in believing America is racist. If America is not racist, why do we have the NAACP? Why do we have... Uh, all, all these, uh, all these Al Sharptons going around. If America is not racist, Al Sharpton would have to make a living doing something other than trashing America. And there are blacks and other people of color, and gays, and, and all of these groups, and women who have a vested interest in believing they're persecuted. I'll never forget at one university I spoke, I have people who don't agree with me line up at the beginning to get to, get to speak first, and a young woman got up to the microphone and said, are you telling me that women are not oppressed in America? 
I said, that's right. That's what I'm telling you. Women are not oppressed in America. And I, I, I believe I said to her, now let me understand something. You're at this cushy, comfort, comfortable, luxurious university with its Olympic-sized pool and your beautiful dormitory. You're not working a minute. All of this is being given to you. You're a female. You outnumber males. I think it's 60-40 now at universities. Is it 60-40? I think it is. Let's say it's 55-45. It doesn't matter. You're oppressed. But if she's not oppressed, she loses her raison d'etre, her reason for being. Like, what's what's the guy at uh, the New York Times, the gay black guy who has a double victim mentality? And, Blow? Yeah, Charles M. Blow Jr. Do you realize if Charles M. Blow Jr. woke up tomorrow and realized how little racism there was in America... That would be the end of his identity. His identity is not black. It is primarily oppressed. Howdy, y'all. Frank, North Hills, California. Hello to you. Yeah, hello. Uh, Yeah, Dennis, uh, you uh, say that uh, liberals... uh, vote for the left when they vote for uh, Democrats. And uh, we're not. We're voting for fellow liberals uh, because uh, the vast majority of politicians uh, in government are liberals. They're not on the left. Sanders is on the left. Cortez is on the left. But uh, most of them aren't. And, uh, you know, we support uh, policies uh, that they support. Uh, for example, you know, I think that the uh, richer pay, they fair taxes, which they don't. I think assault rifles should be banned, uh, not books. I think a woman ultimately, and I'm ambivalent about this. What, uh, what should, books are banned by the, by the right? Uh, let's say a Diary of Anne Frank uh, was recently a uh, life of Rosa Parks. The Park, Diary of Anne Java. Frank uh, was uh, banned see, in certain schools. No, 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 no. Yeah, not certain schools. There was one instance, and it was a stupid thing, but it is not a policy. The uh, banning no, in this country is ninety-nine percent done by the left. The okay, censorship sir. in this country is overwhelmingly done by uh, the left. I don't think you're right. I, don't I know right. I'm right, and I report on it regularly. Okay. What what Twitter did before Elon Musk, what uh, what Google and YouTube continue to do, is censor right wing misinformation. If anybody well, said yes, because yes, that's what they label it, just like Putin does. Yes, they, it's they a they fascist idea to uh, label I, what you differ with misinformation. And I talk, you know, in the civil discourse, one person talks and the other. That listens, is correct, and you talked, and then I did. So yes, now you go, and you're talking over me. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, I think you'll find, you know, that uh, censorship exists across the board. Uh, it doesn't that, exist across the board. It does. Okay. All right. Uh, no, no, this is an invaluable call. I can't thank you enough, and I'm not letting you go. You're going to okay. speak again. I just want you to know, you. the reason you vote Democrat is because you believe lies. I don't think that's true. And I, I know I, it's true. I what you just said I'm is not, not across the board, sir. Google, give me right-wing, give me a right-wing censorship that compares to Google, YouTube, and, and, uh, uh, and the, the government 
when it says if you uh, if it, 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 when it said, for example, that if you differ with the lockdowns, you were dealing in misinformation and killing people. Uh, that's because the scientific uh, community uh, really uh, uh, said that you were uh, right. So you agree. So you agree that if you think the scientific community says X, you can ban anti X. Uh, no, I, I think that, you know, you have to you really take a realistic view of this. And I know you don't uh, believe in uh, yeah, vaccinations, this sort of thing. I do. As a matter of fact, um, everyone I know, with the exception of one couple, was vaccinated. And by some strange coincidence, that couple was the only one who came down with COVID. Okay? So, you know... I'm uh, everybody, no one you know who was vaccinated came down with COVID? Right. Really? Do you yes, know more than two true. people? I know a lot of people. I don't believe you then. I, uh, I okay, and once again, I don't believe, believe the odds are overwhelmingly against that fact. Uh, it had nothing to do with whether you got COVID, talking, whether you were vaccinated. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, everyone, you know, that I... Do you believe, do you, do you think it was good to lock out kids from school for two years? Uh... No, no. You know, I don't agree with every physician, but, you you know, I mean, do you uh, think that, uh, yeah, the government is run by a liberal cabal of uh, Satan worshippers who uh, drink the blood of babies? Uh-huh. Okay. All okay, right. I Listen, mean, I'm glad you called. <laughs> Guess that was a good, a good one to end on. Well, it helps. Now I know why a person who thinks he's a liberal votes for the Democrats, because every... Anything they do that's bad, we do too, and we believe that Satan sucks baby blood. That's a new one. By the way, on the book banning, it's another gigantic lie. I've read that to you on a number of occasions. The Wall Street Journal has documented it. Throughout history of the United States and every other country, books are banned in schools. Because we don't want young children reading anything, just anything that is out there. To call that book banning is demagogic and basically a lie. If you don't believe in book banning for five-year-olds, you are a very, very troubled human being. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Well, what am I going to say? Okay, anyway, I am glad he called. I mean, it's not, it's not tongue-in-cheek. Mm. Orange County, California. Joey, hello. Hi, Dennis. Um, good to talk to you. I go all the way back to religion on the line. The only problem I had with it was that it was from 10 to midnight, and I'd have to stay up till midnight to hear it, but it was worth it. Yep, I um, agree my- with you. My comment is, you know, I don't understand why we cannot remove these bizarre, demented people in positions of power in universities, you know, having influence over our kids and paying them a ton of money. Now that people are waking up, why don't we get them out of there? They belong in a mental health ward. How do you get them out of there? There's no way to get them out of there. What you do is you get your, your child out of there. If, you can get your child out of there, but you can. We can sign petitions too, just like those professors. Yes, you can. You, you, sign a petition. Yes. We can sign a petition with right. five hundred people. Right, it will have no it effect. The university. I think. I, I think this. You should sign a petition, but I don't think it will have an effect. 
The uh, you think the dean the dean at Arizona State University differs with these professors, but it is quite a, quite a lot. I, what what I did was was really uh, illuminating. You know that France has been undergoing the equivalent of the George Floyd riots for the last week because a Muslim kid, 17 years of age, was uh, shot and killed by a policeman. We have no idea, by the way, what the race of the policeman was. France does not reveal those things. It would be very interesting to find out, but it doesn't matter. The riots have taken place, and the reports don't tell you all the time. Wasn't he in a stolen car? How How many Americans know that? The kid was driving a stolen car. Doesn't mean he deserved to die, but you should know that. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature-regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Male, female hour. Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday, not Monday. (laughs) It's Wednesday. And some people have asked, why do I have the male-female hour on Wednesday? Well, actually, given my belief that I always must be very accurate, nobody ever asked it. (laughs) Now that I think of it. I don't think one person has ever asked. However, the only reason I thought it was to come up with an absurdity, because I love absurdities. The world is so crazy that my antidote is absurdity. And that is because Wednesday has the word wed, as in wedding, in it. All right. I got that out of my system. We had a male-female hour recently that was so powerful, so riveting, that I really did get, I wouldn't say unique, but rare feedback uh, on, on that hour. So I decided to do a part two. The subject is... Did somebody in your family, did your did a spouse, did a parent come out as gay or trans or wearing, most of the time, it's nearly all the time, it's men wearing women's clothing, anything like that, 
And how did that affect you and the family? Likewise, if you did, if you came out after all those years, let's say you're a man, or, but oh, I, will, I will say I know a couple where it was the woman. I know a couple seemed deeply in love. I mean, seemed, I'm the outsider, what do I know? But I'm just saying. De- seemed deeply in love both quite conservative, and she announced one day that she is attracted to women. I haven't spoken to the husband, and I, I really need to. I'd like to reach out and like to talk to, to him. But likewise, obviously, men who all of a sudden announce, you know what, I'm attracted to men. Or more dramatically, guess what, I'm no longer dad, I am a woman. Obviously, it happened in the Jenner family. What are the repercussions there? How, how how do people deal with that? I read some article wherein the man, let me see if I get this correctly. Yes, the man decided he's a woman. And his wife stayed with him. She said, I love him. And now that he's a her... I love her. I'm not judging it at all. I'm just saying I find it uh, remarkable. Let me just say for the record, if I decided one day that I am a woman, I do not expect my wife to stay with me. Is that fair? I, I'm. I think I. I would put that in writing. I would. I would notarize it. That's. That's a minimum, that one can expect from one spouse, that, they remain the sex they were. And. While we're discussing this, are there any of you listening, let's say you're a married woman or a married man, and you now have come to the conclusion you are in fact attracted to the same sex. You marry 20 years, 30 years even, but let's say 20, 10 even. Are you staying in the marriage and not revealing that fact? And how is that working out? There is no question that such people exist. But they have not acted upon it. I met one man, a Christian man. Had dinner with him. My wife and I did. 
he is gay. But he nevertheless decided that because he believes in biblical principles, he will marry a woman. She obviously knows his predilection. And he will make a family, even though he continues. That was my first question upon being seated at the table in the restaurant. Because if he would have said no, I wouldn't have believed I was talking to an honest man. This was a test. Are you still attracted to men? Answer, yes. But he made a decision to live a heterosexual life, to which most people today would say, he is violating to thine own self be true. I don't believe that. In, in a sexual sense, he is violating it, violating that rule. But he's not violating that rule in another way because his self is not just a sexual being. The complexities of life, or as I, I used to say it very often, I don't say it often now, Life is messy. So if this has happened in your family, either you or to you, please call 800, excuse me, 1-8-PRAYER-776. I went into the relief factor number. (laughs) That would be funny if all these calls went to relief factor. Uh, I'd like to speak uh, to Dennis. What? 1-8 Prager 776 877-243-7776. Did this happen in your family? To you? Or did are you the one who did it? That's the uh, that's the subject here. That's a tough one. It's very tough for anybody if a spouse leaves them for another person. But it's interesting. I have asked women, What's, what do you think would be more painful if your husband left you for a man or left you for a woman? What do you think most have answered? Because you you can make a a strong case in either case. Because if he left you for a man, it doesn't reflect upon you. I mean, neither reflects upon you necessarily. But if he left you for a woman, uh, then obviously he prefers a woman to you. And yet, interestingly, most women I have asked this said it would be more difficult for them to deal with if he left them for a man. I, I, I don't know exactly why. I don't even know if that reflects the majority. And the same thing would be an interesting question to ask a man. What do you think would be more difficult for you to handle? If your wife left you for a man or for a woman? Uh, I think I understand why people would say the same sex. 
1-8 Prager 776. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching the My Pillow 2.0. When Mike invented My Pillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The My Pillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original My Pillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The My Pillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. It's Wednesday, second hour of the show, male-female hour. Did anyone you know, perhaps even your own immediate family, announce one day he or she is gay and was leaving the person for a member of the same sex, or announced... I'm a woman if it's a man, or I'm a man if it was a woman. I have, a, aside from sheer human interest, and King doesn't get more interesting than this, I have an agenda as well, but I, I'm not sure that it can be realized. We'll see. Let us say you you think, as Bruce Jenner did, I'm really um, a woman. Okay. Do you have to act out on it, given the repercussions to your wife and children and friends? And if any of my male friends announced he was a woman it would be it would be shattering i the the idea that i should go oh that's great you're expressing yourself that's wonderful no it's not it, it may be wonderful for you but i'm not uh, i'm not of the opinion that everybody has to go great oh dad's a woman great There, there is, there is damage. There's, there are aftershocks to to these things. If you've lived with your wife for twenty five years and have been intimate with her throughout that period and produced children, clearly. In some way, you were obviously capable of consummating the sexual act with a woman. So the same question would be posed. Is it really critical to say, I'm leaving for men 
or a man. Nobody talks about the the shocks in the family. Orlando, Florida, Tom, hello. Hey, how are you, Mr. Prigger? Well, thank you. So, I have uh, a cousin who was married to um, this guy, and I had the privilege of, of hanging out with him on multiple occasions, and by far one of the most manly men that I've ever uh, engaged with. Uh, multiple times he's taken me to, you know, cigar bars and drink, you know, $100 drinks of whiskey, and uh, it wasn't until about three to four years into their marriage uh, they had a young child, a daughter, who I believe is five now. Um, after their daughter was born, he became extremely violent um, towards uh, my cousin, it was, uh, to the point that it, it pushed, there was, you know, cops involved. And um, he spent time in jail because of it, and they shortly after divorced. Uh, once their daughter turned about two, uh, he decided that he was a woman. And since uh, the tech company that he worked for actually paid for an entire reconstruction, uh, and I mean entirely face down reconstruction, and um, the only thing that, that I've noticed other than, than um, the difficulties for the child and, and my cousin, um, he's trying to convince my cousin that it's okay that their child calls him mom. So. Wow. He wants the child to call both of them mom. Yes. Yep. And he's an older gentleman. I I believe um, he's, I think there was a 10-year gap. I think he's approaching uh, 60 at this point. Have you seen him, her, recently? Yes. If I were to meet, if I were to meet this individual, would I readily assume I was talking to a woman? No. Nope, there's there's no indicators whatsoever. Like I said, it's been a complete reconstruction. Right, but it's but you're, what you're saying is it hasn't been effective. No. No, it hasn't been effective. So does this uh, I, does it, this it, it, does this yeah. individual have a boyfriend or girlfriend? Uh, he he maintains his the same sexuality. He's still attracted to women. Well, let me figure this out. So what he's what he's really saying to the world is, I'm a guy who's really a lesbian. Yes, that is correct. But he's not attracted to lesbians. He's attracted to heterosexual women, who actually want correct. a man. So I, I would say his prospects of having a girlfriend are minimal. Very, very minimal. I will say that post-operation, um, his relationship, because prior to this, they would have to exchange with a mediator for, like, you know, their daughter. They couldn't, like, meet and interact together. There had to be a third person there. And um, he was very, very, like, aggressive and physical towards my cousin. Uh, even after the, the divorce, um, prior to that, um, it was it was very uh, tense. It was a very tense situation, so there always had to be a third party there. Uh, post-operation, his relationship with my cousin has drastically improved. Well, 
Well, thank you for calling. My friends, these are these are examples of where I sort of not sort of where I just basically listen. Those of us in the the vast majority of us, let's put it that way, there is nothing in us that can empathize. There is nothing in the vast majority of us that can understand, relate to in any way. I mean, everybody can relate to theoretically falling in love with an, with another person. That, and, and we guard against it, and we, if we have a good marriage, it's not something we want in any event, but we can all understand an affair. This is this is of another dimension. A man wants heterosexual women, and yet does a sex change surgery to become a woman. What heterosexual woman will want this person? Male female hour every Wednesday, second hour. As someone in your family transitioned or come out as gay, specifically a spouse or a parent, or you. Well, we got a you now, which is a particularly valuable call. Susan in Dallas, I thank you for calling. Dennis, uh, Mr. Prager, so it's an honor to speak to you. I'm kind of nervous. Hmm. Um, I was married 20 years to a wonderful man. And about 18 years in, I had to just accept my sexuality. And uh, we were divorced at about 20 years. And I had three children, have three children. And it was, it was pretty devastating to our family. It was, it was very hard for all of us, including myself. Are you with a woman now? Yes, I am. Are you married? Yes, I am. About... Uh, 13 years now. How long into the marriage did you start thinking I might be a lesbian? Where I really allowed myself to think about it was about 15 years in. But I always had moments. I was so involved in raising my family. I just never went there in my mind. But as they got older and and I, I just these things just kept popping up for me and um, to the point where I just couldn't ignore it any longer. Did you enjoy sexual relations with your husband, who you said is a wonderful man? Yes and no. I enjoyed the closeness, but I never, in the whole 20 years, never once uh, was the initiator. And about six years into our marriage, he actually asked me why I never initiated it. And I just assumed I was just, and I was tired. I was raising three young children, and I just kind of, uh, that's what I told him anyway. Because I did love him. I didn't want to hurt him. That I just wasn't interested in having sex with him. But I didn't, I never thought about it long enough to really 
process why I was feeling that way at that time. So, so it's you. You could go through the act, but you never really enjoyed it. Correct. From the beginning. From the beginning. Did he not pick up on that at any time? Yes. I mean, there's a big difference between not initiating and not enjoying. A lot of women don't initiate, but doesn't mean that they don't enjoy. Right. I I don't think he would have known that I didn't enjoy it while in, in in those moments, but for myself, I didn't, which is why I never initiated it. I, I, that's probably hard maybe to understand, but um, I just, it's just not something I never really was all that excited to do, <laughs> you know? Uh, right, um, but I would think that a, a man would not be clueless for so long if, if I assume you were not faking ecstasy with him. No, I, 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 I can enjoy those moments. I just, I, I, it's hard to describe. I just didn't, I just never. So at, one, so at one point you, it was simply overpowering. I can't live this fake life anymore. Is that what you said to yourself? It, it was. And, uh, it was very difficult because I knew I was going to hurt my children, hurt a man that I loved. I just wasn't in love with him. In a passionate way. How's everybody now? Everybody's doing okay. And it was funny. I heard you say something uh, earlier uh, or somebody else that um, whether it would be easier for, for instance, my ex-husband, if I left him for a man or a woman, I didn't Mm -hmm. leave him for either necessarily, but I, I knew I would end up with a woman. And uh, he said it would actually be harder for him if I left him for another man, because he can't. He says he can't compare. He can't compete with a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I, I know. Man, it, he would. It on would paper, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I, I. I don't. That's not an area. I, I have an agenda, but that's not. That's not one of them. I. I, I was. Just, I'm just curious how people feel about that. So. Are, are your kids, uh, how old are your kids now? They are uh, 28, 30, and 32. Are they married? Um, one is married, and um, everybody is okay now. It just, it, it was a good, it was a hard probably 10 years almost. Yeah. Well, listen, eight, you sound like a, like a truly good woman, and I'm very appreciative of your calling. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciated that call. Hmm. What is one to say? We return. Did you know that close to 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced outside of the U.S.? So what happens when the next global crisis strikes? Countries clamp down on exports, they stockpile, the prices of drugs rise, and the pharmaceutical shelves in America are empty. That's where the Wellness Company can help. The Wellness Company's medical emergency kit holds eight life-saving medications that every American should keep in his or her home. If you have Tylenol, you should have this kit. 
The kit contains antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics like amoxicillin, ivermectin, z and more. It also includes a 22-page guidebook with instructions on safe usage. From benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events, every scenario is covered. Head to twc.health Prager and grab your medical emergency kit. That's twc.health slash Prager. Code Prager to save 10% at checkout. This is the emergency kit that you want to have on hand. Be safe, be prepared, and stay well. Kits are only available in the USA. Well, hello everybody. Hope you had a good July 4th weekend. I did. Both my, both my sons and grandsons in Pennsylvania where my younger son lives, who doesn't have children yet. Happily, he showed me a room, a little room, a big closet that he wants to convert into a baby's room. God willing, as I always put it, meaning, since I don't know if God is the determiner of these events, it's a question for an ultimate issues hour, By God willing, I mean, let's hope so, since I take nothing for granted. And I mean nothing. Anyway, it was was really wonderful for all of us to be together. I got a story to tell you. Saturday night, I spoke at the Moms for Liberty convention. It's a big group of wonderful women who are for liberty, just as their name says. And I was the keynote speaker at their event in Philadelphia, appropriately Philadelphia, given that's where the Declaration of Independence was written. And... There was a rather large, I mean really large, demonstration of leftists opposed to the Moms for Liberty convention. My producer has not heard this story yet. He's going to find this fascinating. So, as always, I rent a car because I love my independence And I have to drive to a cigar lounge at some point whenever I give a speech. So, anyway, (laughs) I drive to the downtown hotel, and I see this very large demonstration. I mean, basically a block blocked off by the police. A lot of police. A lot of police. And it was overwhelmingly young people protesting the Moms for Liberty convention. Now, by the way, just a question. Didn't we see some attack on Moms for Liberty last week? They were they were picked by name as, you know, this fascist organization. Was it? Yes, SPL, Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a left-wing hate group. We have a video on SPLC, by the way, at PragerU. These are, uh, they're essentially thugs who are looting America. Not its money, but its values. So anyway, the Moms for Liberty is hated. 
by those who hate liberty. It's pretty clear. So I saw this demonstration. So I, I brought my car up to the valet parking. The gentleman took the car, and then I walked over to the demonstrators, <laughs> which I always do, always, on campuses. I, I, am, I am fascinated by them. So the interesting thing was, I thought I would just take pictures because uh, I had my super duper camera with me. For those of you into photography, it's a medium format camera. That ninety-eight percent of you have no idea what that means. That's fine. Just, re- just believe me, it's super duper. Well, to my chagrin, because it means I, it meant I couldn't take pictures. But to my delight, I was immediately recognized. I mean, I don't think I got a picture taken. When a whole crowd of people come over, come over knowing who I was. And I thought that was a good sign. If the, uh, if the left knows you, that's good. So they, they're all young all young and so this is one of the interesting things every single one I would say it was it was at that about 20 20 people I mean because more than that they they wouldn't have been able to even hear me it was it was outdoors traffic and so on so about 20 people converged on me and just cursing me F you, F you, get effed, you fascist, you you white supremacist. I don't know if they said Nazi. I don't want to put words in their mouth. But it was mostly expletives and mostly the F, F word. Lots of Fs. A lot of Fs. <laughs> uh, well... So there might be an anecdote. I'm debating about a certain anecdote, whether to reveal, which I should, if the very fact that I'm noting that I'm revealing and debating it. But anyway, we'll put that on the side. So I asked them, I, I, whoever was right in my, right in the front row of cursors, said, I'm just curious, why do you hate me? As calmly as I am talking to you now, I am curious, why do you hate me? Why do you think I'm a white supremacist? And so the only answer I recall, first of all, you have to understand they were shocked. It was obvious they were shocked. A, that I would walk over to them. B, that I would be so civil. It also, it, it, it like, it bothered them. It was obvious. I, 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 I'm not a a genius at reading people, but you didn't have to be a genius. So one of them said, this was so interesting, because you indoctrinate the youth, which is a nice compliment to Prager you. Yeah. And I go, well, and, and what is it that we indoctrinate them to do? And I said, I just want you to understand, I have devoted my life 
to trying to make good people, to make them kinder and finer. I want them to get married and make a family, be devoted to one another. That's, that's much of my life. How does that qualify as a fascist and white supremacist hater? So, I finally got an answer from one who I admit that did not strike me as anything but troubled. He seemed like a troubled kid, a law, a law, not troubled, lost. He was a lost soul. And he said, you want them, you want to turn the country back into the 60s. That's what you indoctrinate these, these, the, the, the youth to wanting. And I thought that was so revealing. That's so interesting. The one thing he could pick on why he hated me and thought I was a white supremacist and fascist was that he believes that I, I adore the 60s. So, of course, I know what he means by it. He means you loved when there was Jim Crow. You loved when, when, uh, when gays were in the closet. That's what I think that those are the big two, uh, right? Th- that when people say we can't go back to the 50s, that's what they mean. Or, or, or even more, if you want to go into where, where women and men had basic roles in family life, you know, those are the three killers. Gays, gays in closets, uh, uh, discrimination rampant, especially in the South, and the, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, an abortion. I, I wonder if that was. In, you may be. You may well be right. But that was it. That was that. What rendered me a fascist. By the way, for the record, I'm I'm against gays in closets. Uh, I am against Jim Crow. I, I am for the, the nuclear family as defined by a married man and woman. Some f- portion of roles is generally a better thing than no roles. And, uh, and I'll put abortion a- aside for now. I mean, I'm pro-life, but I also believe we, it's, we need to compromise to, uh, for the sake of many other fights that we're fighting. But that that uh, that was it. Whereas today, I guess it's not the fifties anymore. It's the highest rates of suicide of. And the suicide rate, the suicidal ideation. The depression, the psychiatric drugs are at the greatest rates in history. 25% of Americans 40 years of age have never been married. In 1980, it was 8%. We have gone from 8 to 25%. So, yeah, a lot of things were better in the 50s. Oh, the thing I felt in-
Hello, my dear friend. All right, everybody. By the way, the, the anecdote I was debating on whether I should tell you, I can't tell you because it's a family show. That was the reason. But I will. T- I can only tell you this. It was my response to a young woman's expletive-filled <laughs> blast at me. <laughs> Have you heard it, by the way? Okay. <laughs> it's one of my prouder moments. I wish I could share it, but it, it's... I just can't because of the nature of of what uh, the content. I I have always walked over to uh, people who protest my visits, and I always ask them the same question: What exactly about me is is awful? I, you know, just between you, my listener, and me. I get so many letters and so many comments, you know, I'm a better man because I listened to you. I got married because I listened to you or read you. I, I've started taking God and religion seriously. I, I, got, I decided to have kids. You convinced me to have children. I mean, our marriage is so much better thanks to the male-female hour. What exactly, what is the bad that I have done? That's why, you know, the 39 professors at ASU who wrote a letter protesting my speaking there in February, and uh, also Charlie Kirk, white supremacist. I even asked these, uh, these demonstrators against the Moms for Liberty convention at which I spoke. Uh, I said, you know... I'm a Jew. How could I be a white supremacist? <laughs> they they murdered a third of the Jewish people, white supremacists. Well, you know, am I suicidal? So a guy says to me, "Oh, a lot of Jews supported Hitler." I, so what? What do you say? What do you say to that comment? And I, I was, and I even. I don't know what he's talking about, but even let's say there, there had, I'm sure there were some Jewish Germans who you know, isolated instances of people who voted for Hitler. Fine, but but once the Holocaust started, was there one Jew who was pro-Nazi? <laughs> Unless he thought it would save his life because they would favor him. Yes, one of the protesters said that. Another one was a Jew. He said, and he said, "Oh, I'm I'm a Jew," and I said, "Oh, because I had said something to the effect that uh, you know about those who want to destroy Israel, or so I don't know how that came up, but I had mentioned, oh, I'm I'm anti-Zionist and I'm a Jew." I go, "Okay, so what does that prove?" Is there any other country whose existence you don't think is is, is valid? That's what anti-Zionist means. You, you don't, you, that Zionism, the, the project to make Israel, is illegitimate. So he says, oh, no, I that's the orthodox position that Israel should not exist until the Messiah comes. And, and I realized overwhelmingly 
leftists, like the phone caller in the first hour, they believe things that that don't exist. The most pro-Israel community in Jewish life is Orthodox Jewry. There's a tiny fringe that doesn't think Israel should exist because the Messiah hasn't come in their view. That's it. I mean, so, so of course, to 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 say that it's like the people who say, "Well, of course there are more than two sexes." What about people born with with am, a, ambiguous genitalia, folks? What does that prove? It doesn't prove that there is more than two sexes. It proves that there are a tiny, infinitesimally small proportion of humanity that is born with amb- ambiguous genitalia. That's all it does. That's all it means. The, see, every leftist lives in this make-believe world. Not every liberal. The liberals believe, vote for them. But what they believe, they, they, they don't know that the New York Times was called a liar by the Columbia Journalism Review and the Washington Post on, on, the, uh, on the scandal of the lie about collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. It, it, was, it was truly revelatory. They, every single one of these young people struck me as disturbed, as profoundly unhappy human beings. Oh, what did I mean by young? Oh, I'm telling you, 20s. 20s. I don't think I saw a person over 30. There might have been. I just didn't see any. The, 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 The people who converged on me were in their 20s. So the, the, they hate Moms for Liberty, uh, I guess, because, uh, let's see, they're mostly hated for organizing mothers who want to protect their children from early sexualization and the ruining of their innocence in school. Oh, that's it. That's what they hate about them. Hmm. Well, it was an honor to speak to, for Moms for Liberty on Saturday night in Philadelphia. The United States is the greatest exporter of toxic ideas in the world today, and it is the greatest exporter of anti-toxic ideas in the world today. <laughs> this, this is ground zero of the battle for Western civilization. The United States of America, circa 2023. All right, we return. The Dennis Prager Show. I was talking to you about things that they don't know on the left Stuff they make up like this guy said, oh, the Orthodox, they're anti-Israel. Just made it up. How many people now know that the gunman who murdered five people in Philadelphia Monday night, how many people know that he's a trans trans woman, or at least part-time trans woman, there are pictures in the New York Post that he has put up of himself looking like a woman with breasts and, and so forth. 
And how many people know he's black? How many people know he's a big BLM supporter? Certainly would know if he was a white supremacist, wouldn't we? What if he's a black supremacist? Oh, the term doesn't exist, does it? Of course not. It's like there's no term for Christian hatred. The greatest religious hatred that exists right now in the Christians being massacred in, in Africa, for example. But there's no term. There's a term for anti-Islam, Islamophobic. Why is there Christophobic? Because the left makes up the terms. New York Post, gunmen arrested for Philadelphia mass shooting that left five dead is BLM activist who wore women's clothes. Kim Brady Carriker, C-A-R-R-I-K-E-R, 40, was nabbed shortly after the bloodshed. On his Facebook page, Carriker posted two pictures of himself wearing a bra, a women's top, and earrings with his hair braided long in March, three months before the alleged shooting. He also regularly posts about supporting Black Lives Matter. I looked up all the other reports and none of them had said this. Maybe they will. I'm not saying they won't. I'm just telling you that only the New York Post seems to have put up these pictures. In May 2020, Character also posted a video to his Facebook of a burning Philadelphia police car that had been daubed with graffiti including ACAB, an acronym for all coppers are, I think I could say the word on the air. Can I? Don't, if you, if you have to debate it. Well, no, there are seven words I can't. This isn't one of them. I know, but there are words that shouldn't be said even though they're not those. There are words that shouldn't be said even though they're not one of the seven all right, I don't agree, but I'll, I'll, I'll abide by that. All cops are, it starts with B, can I spell it? Yes, I could say it. He said I could say it. All right, all cops are bastards. And captioned, I was there, where were you? Hashtag we matter. An angry guy who dresses like a woman. Yep. We'll see how, how widely that's reported. He was arrested in 2003 and charged with possession of a weapon without a license, carrying a firearm in public, and drug possession. According to Philadelphia court records, he eventually pleaded guilty to having the firearm without a license. Other charges were dropped. So this is our guy. Another angry person. It's amazing. This person is a living embodiment of my PragerU video. I, it came out right on the conscience on how unreliable the human conscience is. It's so weak in most people. 
So this is this is the guy. By the way, talking about uh, human nature and not being basically good, which is one of the fundamental beliefs of anybody who claims to understand life. I got a story for you, a little, a very short story. When we come back, Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free. Every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.